Hey everyone, welcome back to The Found Generation, a self-improvement podcast where every Monday we try to answer this most important question. How do we extract the most out of our lives? And on today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the subject of morning routines. It is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to tell you on today's episode why I believe the morning routine is the most simple easy fix that you can make to your life to start getting the most out of your day. Let's get into it. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to The Found Generation Season 4, Episode 5. We are rolling along here. I really believe that morning routines are kind of an unlock for you in your life. For you to truly extract the most from your life, I think framing your mind in the morning, or it doesn't have to be the morning, just whenever you start your day. I I understand that a lot of you might not be on traditional schedules. Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're a flight attendant and you're watching this, whatever. Just whenever you start your day, whatever time of day that is. I'm an aggressive early morning type of person, you know, a 5, 6 a.m. kind of guy. You don't have to be that if you're 9, 10 a.m. and that's what works for you. This totally all applies to you. The morning routine is just, you know, a different way of saying the way to start your day routine to get you in that right frame of mindset. Before I get into kind of the three essential elements of any morning routine, I first want to give you a glimpse into mine. I posted this video the other day on my social media channels to let you all in on my morning routine. I had a really fun time filming it, actually, and realizing, gosh, I actually do a lot of stuff in the morning. It's my favorite time of the day, has been for a number of years. So here's a quick little glimpse into my morning routine. This is the morning routine of a self-improvement author. I wake up at roughly 5.30 every day. I don't hit the snooze button. There's so much life to live. Why would I go back to sleep? Then I grab my journals and I head out to the patio for a little self-reflection before I get into the most mentally demanding parts of the day. After writing down my thoughts, I like to sit, breathe, take in mother nature, and just enjoy a little stillness. Next, I head back inside to start creating. Depending on the day, I'm either writing for Substack, filming the Found Generation podcast, or I'm recording videos like the one that you're watching right now. After 30 so minutes of that, I take a quick break to do my favorite thing in the world, make my morning coffee. I pour my coffee into the mug of the day, and then I take that coveted first sip. Then it's back to creating. After 30 minutes of that, it's time to make a nutritious breakfast. But first, an insulin shot, because now I'm a diabetic. I've eaten the same breakfast every day for the last seven years, and I'm still not tired of it. Three eggs prepared anyway, with a heaping serving of vegetables on the side. While I'm eating my eggs, I listen to a podcast. Today, I'm listening to The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. It's a great show. I can't recommend it enough. After my eggs, I prepare my morning oatmeal. I like to go with banana, sprinkle some cinnamon and some all-natural maple syrup, and I top it off with some almond butter. Once I'm done with breakfast, I do a little cleaning up, and then I get ready for the work day, even though I work from home. And that is my morning routine. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in that morning routine. It actually takes about three to four hours once you factor in everything that's been done. The morning is my favorite time of the day. I'm a huge morning person. No matter where I am in the world, whether I'm in Denver or Bristol, Connecticut, 
or Portsmouth, New Hampshire, London, Oahu, when I'm on the road visiting friends, when I'm on a work trip, I always try to get my morning routine as close to what that video is. Even if I don't have all the essential things that I need, all the essential elements in place, I try to mimic it as much as I can because it gets me into the right frame of mind. It is very calming. It kind of helps uh, get me in the right mindset to dim down the the chaos that is going in my mind if I'm especially in a situation or a physical location that is not what I'm used to. So it's very grounding and it gets me feeling like myself otherwise, uh, you know, in areas where I otherwise might not necessarily feel exactly like me. It helps me take control back of the situation of my day so that it doesn't own me. Okay, so with that said, here's the three essential elements of any morning routine. Do with this what you wish. If you want to have a morning routine, you can customize it in any way based on what you value in life, what you want from your day, the areas that you are lacking in that you want to build upon. Here's the three elements, okay? Number one, stillness. It's very important to use the morning as a time to create stillness. Stillness is the key, as Ryan Holiday, one of my favorite authors who I reference all the time on this podcast, um, he wrote a book called Stillness is the Key. He even has a tattoo of that phrase. And what stillness is, is a very essential element of living the best life possible. It is slowing down. It is being intentional. It is creating space for self-reflection. It is pausing an extra moment to look at the world around you, to bask in the world around you, to feel gratitude for something. It is all sorts of things. There's all sorts of forms of stillness. And in his book, Stillness is the Key, he talks about how some of the world's greatest people, greatest thinkers, history's greatest thinkers, use stillness as a critical component to make the best decisions. For example, he talks about John F. Kennedy during the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s, how he used stillness to when the U.S., Cuba, the world was on perhaps the brink of nuclear war, he used stillness to make the best decisions possible to uh, tamp down all of the tensions and, and the nuclear war possibilities. He made his decisions from a place of stillness. He talks about Winston Churchill as well, the Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II, how he used stillness uh, painting on his, uh, he had lot, many acres of land, so he would go out and paint these still lifes or paint these landscapes. And so it was in those moments where he was able to really calm down, take a step back from the pressing situation and just be there, be present, and create something, get his mind off of things that, that he could ultimately come back to that thing and make the right decision. Barack Obama, shout out uh, President Obama, he always made it a point, no matter how busy he was, the busiest man in the world, he always was home for dinner when he was at the White House, not on the road, always made it a point to slow down, to close the laptop, metaphorically, to put away whatever papers and to tell his staff, hey, I'm going to go have dinner with my family at the White House for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever. I need this time to be still, to get away 
from these things. So how does stillness work in the morning for you? Okay. You can do what I showed in that video. You can just chill. Just chill for a couple minutes sitting on your patio. I have a patio sitting on your porch, sitting on your couch, whatever it is that you like to do. Just having some time to just sit and think and not take in any stimulation. This is a critical component of the morning routine. Why do you open your phone first thing in the morning? Would you ever let 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 people slam open your door first thing in the morning and come, you know, suffocate you with information? Well, that's exactly what we're doing by opening our phones and social media and our WhatsApp messages first thing in the morning. We are already starting ourselves by letting other people take over our day. I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard from people who say that they first open their phone in the morning and then they see something bad, some something happens in the world news or something their boss hits them up when, you know, after hours and they wake up to this message, something from the family upsets you, gets in your frame of mind, upsets your stillness, makes it impossible for you to feel stillness because this thing has penetrated your mind and has upset you. And now your entire day is kind of thrown off course because you're never able to get into that mindset that you need to operate from to get the most out of your day because you've allowed an outside force to penetrate your morning mind, which your mind, your willpower is ideally the strongest in the morning. So you need to have an undistracted morning. Find the stillness. Don't open the phone. I like to not look at it for at least the first 60 minutes because of number two, I like to be very creative in the morning. So number two, do something creative in the morning. Or here's an addendum to that. Do something physical. If you don't want to do something creative, if that's just not something that is interesting to you, do the physical. I'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with the creative. Okay. I like to do my writing. I like to do my podcasting. I like to do my social media videos, all of that creative work, that thinking work, that stuff that makes me a bit self-conscious to do, I get it out in the morning because it's when my mind is freest. It's when I haven't let any outside forces interrupt the flow of my day. It's when I have the most confidence and I'm least self-conscious about the things I'm doing and saying. I'll be honest, I'm still not entirely comfortable with putting myself out there on the podcast, on social media, filming myself. These are things that I never would have done years ago. And I still don't really do them in the middle of the day because that's when kind of the, the doubts start to creep in. That's when the, uh, you know, the self-consciousness starts to creep in. So in the morning, when my mind is, is clearest and is most free and is most creative, that's when I do my best creative work because that's when I'm squarely focused on it. I'm not letting anyone else bother me, distract me, I'm solely focused on that creative thing. So if you have a creative endeavor that you would like to undertake, the best time is to do it when you are first waking up. So whether that's like me and you want to write and podcast, make social videos, maybe you want to draw, maybe you want to learn how to play the guitar, you're working on a song, you want to paint, you want to code, if that's your creative outlet, whatever creative thing that you want to do, do it in the morning because 
as we all know, once the day picks up and really gets going, there's all sorts of distractions. A work thing gets added to your plate unexpectedly. Someone goes to invite you to do something that you can't say no to. And then that creative thing falls by the wayside and just becomes a thing that you just keep telling yourself that you're going to get there. You're going to do it at some point, but you end up kicking the can so far down the road that you never actually get to do it. So that's the, the creative part. If you're not feeling the creative part or if you're just not interested in the creative part, you can also do a physically demanding thing, aka exercise. You can go for a walk, a run, lift weights, get a boxing, jujitsu session in, uh, get a hit session in. Whatever your form of exercise is, that is also a great way to get in the right frame of mind to attack the day, really boost your energy levels too as well a morning workout. So I would strongly recommend that if you don't want to do some mental work, do some physical work because it also really just gets your your metabolism going. I mean, the morning workout, there is no great best time of day, optimal time of day to work out. It's really just whatever is best for you and your body. So you got to listen to yourself. But if you don't want to do the creative work, I would I would advocate for the creative work. But if that's not something that you are interested in, then do the physical work. I, I say that only because the physical work, if, you know, for me, for example, I know I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get that done no matter what, whether it's at 7 a.m. or 4 p.m. I don't really need, in order to exercise, I don't need all of my mental clarity. I don't need my best mental energy. I was actually toying recently with adjusting my morning routine. And I was like, you know what? Let me be a morning workout guy. Let me do a 6 a.m. workout. And I was doing it and I was getting good physical work in. But then I wasn't doing any of the mental creative work. That's also very important to me. I stopped writing. I didn't have interest in doing the podcast. So I adjusted the morning routine and said, said, you know what? I know myself. I need to get that stuff done in the morning because if I don't, then I won't get it done. However, the physical, I will always get that done because that's something very important to me. So for your creative or physical thing, that's kind of up to you and your interests. Number three, proper fuel. What does that mean, Troy? You got to fuel your body the right way for the entire day, kind of in the morning. So that means hydration, drink a lot of water, pound that stuff in the morning. If you're a coffee person, I'm a big coffee person. Here's a big revelation and also i know that's dehydrating but it's also very good for you if you drink a black without all the crazy sugars and all that stuff that we put in coffee to uh, i'm a coffee purist so I, you know when i see people at starbucks this is me being very judgmental when i see people at starbucks with these like smoothies the, these milkshake coffees that doesn't even resemble coffee anymore i'm like what are we doing people uh that's not the best way to fuel your day. I will just say that loud and clear for all of you to hear. Here's the thing with coffee, though, that I've recently discovered, and this is rooted in science, and I will try not to butcher this. A lot of people, the first thing that they reach for after their phones is a cup of coffee in the morning. That is not the best way to approach it. If you are a coffee drinker, you need to wait 60 to 90 minutes after waking up to have that first morning cup of coffee. Here's why. And I'll try not to get too, too scientific on you. If you have a cup of coffee before that 60-minute window, you are still waking up. Your body is still waking up. By having the caffeine 
it is stopping your body's natural waking up process to try to get you to wake up faster, right? Coffee doesn't actually, caffeine doesn't actually give you more energy. It just prevents your body from getting tired and feeling the effects of drowsiness. Common misconception. And so if you inject that artificial waking up into your body before your body actually wakes itself up and never truly wakes up, meaning you're going to get drowsy later in the day, hence why you need that second cup of coffee at noon and that third cup of coffee at three, which then is really messing up with your sleep patterns. Again, depends on your body. Everyone is different. So if you allow your body to fully wake up, you might not feel fully woken up. You might not feel that mental clarity that you're hoping for. You got to instill a little discipline and just hold off. This has worked wonders for me in my mental clarity. So 60 to 90 minutes after waking up, have that first cup of coffee. Your body's fully woken up, and then you inject that extra something and those extra health benefits into you. Strongly recommend doing that. It will change your life. And then also on that note, whatever you're eating, listen, Eggs are your best friend. Have eggs in any form. They're full of proteins and healthy fats and essential amino acids. Can't recommend enough. Greek yogurt as well. Nuts, seeds, oatmeal, whole grain bread. Milk is very good for you. Strongly recommend so that you can get the calcium and strong bones. Fuel your body the right way in the morning. It will set your tone for the entire day. Okay, let's do today's Q&A segment here. Uh, we've got a question from Sean. Thank you, Sean, for submitting a question to me. If you want to ask a question or if you have a comment or a concern, you can follow Sean's lead. Message me on Instagram at Troy underscore Farkas. He asked me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, that is a really good question, Sean. I really never think that too far into the future because life is so unpredictable. I mean, if you would have asked me 10 years ago when I was 17, just wrapping up my senior year of college going or senior year of high school, going into my freshman year of college, I certainly would not have said to you, I see myself living in a studio apartment in Portsmouth, New Hampshire hosting the Found Generation podcast, working on MMA podcasts, first at ESPN and then at Spotify, and that I'm uh, living a very comfortable life and that I have just published a book. I wouldn't have been able to tell you any of those things 10 years ago. So I'm not going to predict for you what it will look like in 10 years. But let's play the game of what I would like it to look like, what I envision at this current moment my life to look like in 10 years, what I hope it turns out to be. Um, I've got some big dreams, some big dreams that I've really started owning in on quite recently. I want to do two things. I want to become a best-selling author, on the New York Times list, and I want to command a $50,000 public speaking fee when I speak in public. Now, let me get into these things. At the surface, that sounds very vain, and I want to uh, be so popular and famous and make a lot of money, and I want everyone to know who I am, and I want to and I want 
to be in such high demand and such a big star that I'm getting those ridiculous speaking fees and my books are selling so much money. That's not why. If you know me, if you really know me, you know that's not why. You know I don't care about those things. I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. I want to get that kind of speaking fee because it means that I'm the best at what I'm doing. And it means that I'm reaching a large number of people. It means that I'm so good at speaking that I'm in demand to speak to those kinds of crowds. It means that I've, by that point, built up a resume of speaking and influencing people's lives that I'm good enough to demand that. What I hope for myself is to just impact and influence as many people as I can. I am so content with my life right now, and I've spent all of my 20s learning, gathering, researching, observing, reading, writing, thinking about how to extract the most from our lives. I've gained a lot. It's a subject that I'm going to continue finding knowledge in. I'm obsessed with it, will always be obsessed with how to become the best version of myself, and then obsessed with furthermore how to inspire and influence you guys to make sure that you do not lose out on this opportunity to live your best life. You get one shot at this, and I want people to know that, to have the urgency to live your best life possible because I learned very early on in my life that life is not guaranteed and it throws you curveballs. Very recently, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. That was a curveball, a little mini wake-up call. Again, it's not, I'm fine, everything is fine, it's very manageable, it's curable, it's treatable, but it's like a little reminder, hey, hey, don't take this thing for granted. Slow down, focus on what's really important. Don't lose sight of what truly matters in life. And so 10 years from now, I hope I'm just continuing to create, continuing to inspire and educate and inform on these subjects about how to live the best life possible. And I want to be surrounded by people I love, whether that's in the form of a romantic partner and my friends and my friends' kids. And I hope my parents are still around and um, I hope I'm still traveling the world and learning and continuing to be curious and still doing all the things that I love to do. I really don't envision myself changing much. Of course, I'm going to evolve and grow, but I think at age 37, I'm going to be, I think that's going to be peak me. I haven't even scratched the surface of my potential yet. I'm just getting started. I know a lot of us, especially young people, we have this artificial timeline in our heads about what our life is supposed to look like by a certain age and certain accomplishments we are supposed to have achieved by a certain time. There's a certain number of dollars we're supposed to be making, a certain kind of lifestyle that we're supposed to be having. I don't subscribe to any of that. All I want for me is to just be fully content, wake up energetic, excited, inspired every day, loving what I'm doing, um, finding the stillness, all of those things. Um, that's all important to me. And I hope that's what everything looks like 10 years from now. So thank you, Sean, for the question. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all of you who are 
supporting the show. If you want to continue to support the show, all I ask is that you follow the show on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or that you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you prefer to watch the podcast. Also, if you prefer to watch it, the fit, uh, entire video episodes are up on Spotify if you like that as well. It's a really cool product. Really love what the Spotify app is doing for podcasters right now. Have a great week. Do some things you love. I hope you find some stillness. And I hope that maybe you can uh, adjust your morning routine or pick one up entirely or start at least thinking about ways that you might want to start your day off the right way. I do think it is very important. Until Thursday, everyone, I love you. Thank you for everything from the bottom of my heart. Have a great week.